Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 81 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with John Brown. John is from Columbus, Ohio, where he is a high school history teacher. Welcome, John. Well, it's good to be here, Jen. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to talk to another teacher, even though we were at opposite ends of the teaching spectrum. Right. I've got the big ones. You had the little ones. Yeah. Before we started recording, we talked about how even though yours are big, they're still in a you know, little little kids in a big body. That's right. right. That's right. It's fun. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's better that way, I think, for me. Those who can handle the little ones, I say, more power to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how we feel about y'all up there in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. But you know what? The more you get to know them, you realize that kids are just kids. And as my own personal kids got older, I realized how 
high school kids are really not as old as I always thought they were. They're just struggling with different issues. I have enough trouble with my own three. I have a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a five-year-old, and they're just, I had to deal with 20 of these? Okay. I, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> it's super different in the classroom, though. You'll see when yours are, are in, in high school, when your own personal children are that age, you'll see. It's just really different when you have your own like I could manage a classroom full of seven-year-olds, but my own children, when they were <laughs> different story. Right. <laughs> it's a different story. Being a parent teaches you humbleness. <laughs> yes, it does. Indeed, it does. Indeed, it does. Yes. And you also no longer blame the parents in the same way that you used to. Am I right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, no question. <laughs> yes, uh, there's definitely definitely many more contributors to those behavioral issues. So I always like to start off by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Let me just start at the beginning. I was, I was actually just kind of writing about this on my blog today. I kind of been fighting on mostly losing battle against my weight since I was about eight. I'm one of those people who's been struggling against that. I, I was actually looking at old pictures and I, I could see, you know, the transition between when I was a uh, skinny, rail thin, and then all of a sudden in my school pictures, I started to, started to get a little bit bigger. And that was about eight years old. Along the way, I've kind of tried every diet known to man, basically. Low fat, high carb, high fat, low carb, no carb, Atkins, juicing, carnivore. I mean, everything just all over the place trying to get some semblance of control over the way that I, that I ate. The funny thing about it was that most of them actually worked and they worked quite well. Now you marshal off the discipline to stay on the diet plan for a certain period of time and then the weight comes off. But then, you know, the event happens, the reunion happens or then the diet kind of passes its point of utility. Or, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh, look at you, you've lost so much weight. And I'm just like, okay, that must mean I'm good. And then that's the end of the diet, right? Right. And so you always gain it back because you stop doing it, Right. Yes, that's right. That's right. Or you just get bored. And so I, let, I, I want to take it back to 2015. This is kind of like the, the low ebb of my roller coaster. And I actually, um, I ended up having some really good success doing juice fasting. At the beginning of that, I had high cholesterol. I had a fatty liver, morbid obesity. October 2014, I'm sitting at about 340 pounds, which is, which is my highest weight ever. 340? Is that what you said? Yes. Yes. And, and I'm 6'1". That was back at the time when I wouldn't I wouldn't allow pictures of me to be taken. So because I was just, uh, it was just that bad. My son had just been born, that kind of really lit a fire to me to get back into shape. And I was just about to turn 40 in 2015. And so I had that get fit by 40 and, and it happened actually, but then I couldn't shake that diet mentality. So the 40, the event came, I turned 40. I reached the lowest weight that I reached in my adult years, which was, I went from 340 to 193.2. Wow. 193 point. Okay. See, now look, this is how I can tell you're a dieter just like me from all those years, because you did not tell me you got down to a, a round 190. You told me you were 193.2. I can still tell you right now, since I've been doing intermittent fasting, of course, now I don't weigh anymore. The lowest weight I ever saw on the scale was 129.8. <laughs> we could tell you to the 10th. Yes, to the 10th. I, I mean, I, I still have a, a photograph of my feet on the scale the morning I turned 40, and there it was. And so then it was over. I couldn't marshal up the, the discipline, the willpower to, to keep that up. And juicing just isn't a sustainable way to eat anyway. And so I, I started, quote unquote, eating normally again. And then, you know, when you fall off, 
there's the shame aspect of things that, you know, you're here, you are touting this way that you're eating and it's doing so much better for you. And then you start putting a couple of pounds back on and you get, you see the people who are rooting you on and, and they start to notice your weight gain. And, and there's this shame spiral aspect of it that happened as well. That fueled my eating. So the weight kind of came back on pretty quickly. So from 2015 to 2016, I put back on about 90 more pounds. And so I was clawing, trying to get back to any control over what I was eating, how I was eating, when I was eating. And the next few years just kind of flew by. I can't tell you how many times I I went through this first of the month, new month, new me. That would last for a couple of weeks and then something would happen. And then I would go back to binge eating again and I'd have my last meal on the last day of the month. And I can't tell you how many times I did that between 2016 and January of 2018. And that was kind of when I, I really landed on intermittent fasting because a friend of mine had talked about Eat, Stop, Eat, some programs like that. That kind of got me interested in seeing, all right, so maybe that might make a little bit of sense. And I actually just was Google searching and, and stumbled on Dr. Fung's website um, and his YouTube videos. And, and I, I read extensively about what he terms on his website, the etiology of obesity. And I, I, I saw that word and I was like, I, I consider myself a pretty smart guy, but I had to look that word up and see what it meant. I was like, okay, so what does this mean? Okay, so that's just where it comes from. Great, great. I was reading, really, really picking up on Dr. Fung, picked up the obesity code, picked up the complete guide to fasting. And I was also, I just got hungry for knowing more about that whole lifestyle. And along the way, you know, I started to listen to podcasts and I think I just did a search on intermittent fasting on the podcasting platform that I was using at the time. Voila, there you are. You and Melanie's podcast came right up with the, the red watch face and everything and see like it was yesterday. So I listened to you and was really interested in not only what you said, but how you said it in just a really non-diety sort of way. I just thought that was really refreshing. I then connected to your Delay Dogs Nine Facebook groups uh, somewhere around the, the beginning of January 2018. And it was just amazing. I just I just love that that group. It even to this day it just sustains me. It just keeps me keeps me going. And just the love and acceptance that kind of flows out of the, the main people in that group. Some like some of the mainly major daily contributors, uh, guys, people like JJ Saunders, people like Donna Doobie, uh, Barbara Mudd, Eddie Friedman, all those people. Shout out to all those people who have all been on the, the podcast to this point. I gained so much value from them. And, uh, and JJ's here in Columbus. I'm looking forward to hanging out with him sometime really soon, too. Oh, have you not have you not met him yet in person? No, I haven't met him in person, but I know, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him uh, sometime in the near future. Good. Yeah, I haven't met him in person either, but I know that I will one day. I know I will. Oh yeah, I'm looking. I'm definitely looking forward to that. I saw that and felt the outpouring of love, and uh, and I started really in earnest getting on the diet plan. But I had an event, and the event was the, my 25th high school reunion. And that's a scary one, right? You really want to look good for your 25th high school. I remember that one. Yeah, absolutely. These are people that many of whom I hadn't actually seen since we graduated. It was really, really cool to to connect with them. But then after that, I just I kind of fell off and went dark for a while because again, the shame spiral. I ended up putting weight back on. So that is actually the long and short of how I came to intermittent fasting, but it didn't actually stick the first time. It didn't stick until it didn't stick until August. And I know that your story is, you know, you tried for a few years before it finally stuck. But then for me, it finally clicked in in August of 2019. I had just come back from a, a trip, an international trip to Ghana, actually. I'm taking a group of, of juniors there this year, and uh, I was doing a pilot trip and a medical outreach. And a couple of things really just kind of woke me up. The first thing was was international travel. 
Actually, I did have kind of a mini goal, and that was to fit into an airplane seat without having to use a seatbelt extender. And that was where I was. That was just how bad it had gotten for me by the time summer rolled around. I kind of just barely did, but as long as I didn't move and I didn't really like shift around too much. And so that was really just kind of demoralizing. And it just added to, to my anxiety just with flying and things like that. The other thing was just being in Ghana and Ghana's really hot and I was really not uncomfortable, but just I recognized that I was the largest person there by far. And that really limited some of the things that I could do. That was bad enough. Got back and I had to do my yearly physical for work and the blood work came back. And, and actually, I didn't, I didn't receive the results of the blood work before I received a call from my local pharmacy saying that my, the prescription for my statin was ready. Uh-oh. My doctor was so panicked at the results of my blood work that he didn't even call me first. He was like, no, you got to get on a statin right now. My cholesterol was in the 350s. My weight was was also pushing 340 as well. I'm at the age, I'm 44. I'm at the age where people my age start to really suffer and succumb to these self-inflicted food-related wounds, right? And so I was like, I got I got three kids. What's my quality of life going to be like going forward? Am I going to just be there at their major life events or, or am I going to be a big part of their major life events. So that was the thing that really got me to latch on to intermittent fasting, to really take it seriously and to really approach it from a a standpoint of, no, this is not just going to be a diet. This is not something that's going to have an end date. This is something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So the first time when you found it and you were using it, you were still thinking of it like a diet instead of a lifestyle. See, that was what always tripped me up to. Like it had an end date. I was going to get there. And to me, the end date was when I got into my goal clothes. You know, once I was a size six again, that was it. I'm just going to magically now be a size six. And my goal was to figure out whatever plan I could do for long-term maintenance that allowed me to, quote, eat normally as much as possible. And I had all these crazy things I would write down. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. And I did. I mean, I I lost, I lost weight. I remember I actually posted on the, on the group in that first month of 2018, I was losing a pretty good amount of weight and I was actually doing it. I was doing uh, keto while I was doing it. And I posted a picture of one of my meals and it was like a, a bacon weave crust pizza that might be a treat every now and then for some people. I don't know. But that's just, that was how I was eating, right? I was just like, here's my here's my meal for the day. Boom. Bacon crust pizza. And here we go with all the cheese and all the, the pepperoni and stuff like that. My stomach hurts just thinking about that. <laughs> mine too. Mine too. That was actually one of another big change that I made when I came back from Ghana was I was like, that was one of the major contributors to pro- my high cholesterol probably. And so I, I switched over to uh, just eating plant-based since I got back from Ghana, I haven't had many animal products. I'll eat an occasional piece of salmon every now and then. And and we went to we went to Amish country this past weekend, which will kind of date this recording. But I had a, a date that was stuffed with blue cheese and wrapped with black forest ham. And that was like my that was the first dairy that I had had since August. And it wasn't something that I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so I need to have all the dairy now. It's just like, no. And that's how I knew, actually, that that I'd shifted over from a from a diet mentality to a lifestyle mentality, because that wasn't something I felt like derailed me from from my progress. Well, I love that. So you went plant based at the same time when you got back from Ghana. Yes. 
So what inspired you to, was it just the cholesterol? What, what really inspired you to make that shift? It was partly the cholesterol. It was partly also just looking back on some of the things that I had done. And as, as I said at the beginning, I've, I've done just about every quote unquote diet known to man. The time that I felt best was the time that I was, I wasn't eating animal products. The time that I was eating, actually, I wouldn't have called it plant-based back then. I was definitely eating the vegan, like the fake meats and the, and the processed stuff. And so, but still, even with those things, I felt better. And I always kind of knew in the back of my mind that long-term health for me would involve eating as few animal products as possible. But I just wasn't ready to give up, you know, like my rack of ribs and like throwing some stuff on the grill, throwing brats on the grill in the summertime. I just wasn't ready to give that up. Beyond just the blood work, it was just my everyday, the way that I felt, just really fatigued. Honestly, every Sunday, just leading up to my, my work week, I would get these really just like debilitating migraine headaches, like close the windows, pop four, leave and lay down for two hours type headaches. I haven't had them since I stopped eating animal products. That's huge. Yeah, I know. And that was just one of the, the deciding factors by far in, in my decision to, to go plant-based. So you came back from Ghana and you went plant-based and you jumped back on the intermittent fasting train. How was this experience different starting in August? So I had to figure out why I was... In those previous efforts that I had had to get healthier and lose weight, I had to figure out why I kind of basically just self-sabotaged. What was that all about? And so following Dr. Fung's protocol, I did a couple of extended fasts just to kind of break some of the, the associations that I had built up with just food and not just eating food because we all got to eat, but just overconsumption of food. Because my weakness, I don't have a sweet tooth. My weakness is just all of it. So if you put something in front of me and I taste it and it tastes good, I have to have all of it. I can't, I can't just leave it alone. It's, it's that the thing that I, I always say in my head, there's not going to be any survivors from this one. It's just like, if I have a slice of pizza and the pizza tastes really good, I have to have two, three, four. And it's like, okay, so now I'm full after two and a half, but it's like, but there's still some there. And so I had to really get to the bottom of why that was happening. <laughs> the extended fasting really allowed me to have some success with, not only was I just barely getting through the extended fast, but I was thriving. I was I was putting together lesson plans and vibrant lessons. And you have to, high school kids know when you're slipping because they're going to they're gonna try to do everything. And so you have to be engaging and you have to be vibrant. And I was doing that. And having that success allowed me to just kind of pull on that when I felt those those pangs of hunger. I just welcome them. As I've heard other people say, I've welcomed them not as like the, the end of the fast, but just like a normal part of the intermittent fast. And so, uh, so that really allowed me to do a 20 to 23 hour daily fasting window was nothing when you could do three days or four days and just hop onto it just like things were normal. And your body had lots of fuel on there to fuel you through these fasts because you were at what three, you said 340 pounds again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you had plenty of fuel for your body to give you great energy. <laughs> and it did. I mean, <laughs> I could tell when, when I was burning fat, <laughs> when as opposed to burning sugar or burning the food that was in me. So that was, that was definitely, uh, a mitigating factor there. And at the beginning, I, I, I definitely needed to, to check my progress daily, make sure that stuff was working and I was losing weight. But I, I abandoned that pretty quickly. I just, 
I considered that for me as part of like that whole diet mentality, the idea that I have to be losing weight every day or it's not quote unquote working. See, that's huge. Right now, you know, we're recording this at mid-February, so it won't air till April, but the people who started intermittent fasting early January, mid-January are now coming to the end of the adjustment phase, but they're all panicked about weight fluctuations. Right. <laughs> Maybe their first week, they're like, look, I lost 10 pounds in one week. We're like, wait a minute. No, you, it's okay. It's probably not, to, you know, <laughs> but now they're like, I gained two pounds this week. We're like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> the fluctuations will like panic people. I, I notice sometimes you have to just like copy and paste or point people to the right thing on the, on the site. It's like, yep. We covered that one. It's We see you coming. It's okay. Love you. Love you. We see you coming, though. <laughs> we added a ton of moderators, like 30 at the beginning of January, like getting ready for this. Like I added a ton of people. And and so I'm like, all right, everybody, it's the third week of January. Now we're going to hear this from everybody. So let's be ready. Or like now it's February where everybody's going to have this problem. Right now, everyone's getting to the end of the adjustment phase, which is where you feel worse before you feel better. So we're seeing a cycle of that. So. <laughs> We're like, trust us, everybody. And I actually, I, I just want to congratulate those people for still being, doing intermittent fasting because, you know, most New Year's resolutions are by the wayside by mid-January. And so I just, I say good job to those people. Just ride it out. I mean, I think... I think it was it, it was either Barbara or Donna who, when I first came on, th- their whole mantra was like, just give it six months, give it a year. Don't treat it like a diet. You're riding out these waves. You're just just give it long term, and and you'll see what happens. And man, that was great advice. Exactly, and that was probably Barbara because she was very active in that period of time in 2018. Donna was too, but Barbara was that tough love. Barbara Mudd, she she has a podcast. I can't remember what number, maybe number 12. I don't know why that sounds, but early on. But Barbara's got that tough love that people needed to hear. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I needed to hear that. And I wasn't ready to receive it in January 2018. But when I came back to it in August, I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> I was ready to do that. So you have put the scale away. Yes. At this point. Are you still weighing ever or just sometimes? Like, Do you have any idea how much you've lost? I do. So I, I weigh about twice a month. That's all I need. I, I go by clothes. This is really cool. I'm, I'm sitting here right now wearing a, a large button down shirt. And in, in August, I was wearing three extra large shirts. And so one of the shirts they gave me in Africa was a 4X. So so I'm sitting here with a with a baggy large. My pants went from a, a 44, 46 waist to now I'm wearing uh, 36 pants and like pulling the waistband out like they're really loose on me. So so I go by that. But I do know that I'm, I'm at about 227 today as I sit here and talk to you. So, so a little bit over 110 pounds lost in about six and a half months since I started. That's pretty incredible. You've definitely found a winning strategy that works well for your body. I'm curious about something. I know that you mentioned that before you had been doing keto when you were trying intermittent fasting and it didn't stick. Do you think that the fact that you're plant-based has helped it to kind of stick? Do you feel more satisfied with your food, more satiated? Absolutely. The nutrient density of plants. I mean, the the fact that I can I can make a gigantic like 9 by 13 pan full of just all the plants I could ever want and just eat them and not have the same full feeling that you eat when you eat bunch of refined carbs, that feeling like, oh, just don't move me for the next two hours, right? I I don't get that feeling. I get the feeling of like, okay, I'm nourished. I'm not stuffed. 
I'm barely full that I can feel that burn happening like the day after too. So I think that definitely has gone a long way to making it stick and finding things that I like that I can just increases the variety. I love, like, for instance, I love Brussels sprouts. I love cabbage in all its forms, coleslaw mix. Uh, I make a, a salad that involves like a coleslaw mix as a base and spinach leaves. And my quote unquote dressing is a combination of apple cider vinegar. And I throw avocado in there for my good fats and mix that up. And it's just, just so creamy and so good. That's something that just keeps me keeps me going. It, it's really easy when I feel the, the benefits of that immediately. I think that's just really important because when you have now started introducing you know, different foods than before, and you're eating foods that work really well for your body, you feel satiety, you feel satisfied, you don't feel overly stuffed, you just feel good, and the weight is just falling right off. So people who are struggling, hear this from John. I am not anti-keto or pro-keto. I am not anti-plant-based or pro-plant-based. I am pro find what works for your body. And you know, if you had come on and told the story of how keto was what worked magically for your body, and that's what killed all your cravings and made this effortless, that would have been a true story. But that was not the way of eating that worked for you. Because sometimes people these days think that keto is like the best thing. Like if, they, if they're not doing keto, it's not going to be successful. There's like that rumor out there. That- yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. In fact, I've even heard people say they, they came from keto groups where they said, if you're doing intermittent fasting and you're not doing keto, you're wasting your time. And so I think it's just really important to put out there that anyone who's struggling with intermittent fasting, it could be the way you're eating isn't right for your body. I'm such a huge proponent of that. I'm such a huge proponent of just find what works for you. It's your story. I just am reminded of a story in the Bible, actually. It's from when David is trying to, he's, he's out going out to fight uh, Philistines and he uses tries to use Saul's armor and he can't, it's too big for him. He's like, I can't go in there. You, you can't use somebody else's stuff. It's not going to work for you. So if, you, if it happens, and, and this is another thing that sort of is breaking the diet mentality. You want the book. You want the one, two, three, four, five step-by-step plan that somebody else used to, to lose that 10 pounds and three days, the grapefruit diet or the cabbage soup diet or whatever. But as it turns out, there's some other key that fits into your lock that's going to that's going to work for you and that's not going to work for someone else. And so I think that's part of the fun of intermittent fasting is using that early period where you feel like you want to just Oh, really? I, I have to eat it in this this window? So you're trying to stuff everything in. Use that period to find out what that key is that works best for you. If it's keto, then by golly, do keto. But if it's, if it's plant-based, do plant-based. If it's something else, do something else. But make sure it's sustainable for you. I've experimented with everything over time. And I recently... I don't know if you've heard me talk about this. I'm not sure if it's out on any podcasts yet. But I experimented with plant-based. And starting Christmas Day, I was like, all right, because we have one son that moved out. One son's been gone, but the other one moved out right around Christmas. And so I'm like, younger son's gone. It's just me and Chad. I'm going to experiment with no meat. I didn't go completely vegan or plant-based, but I got rid of meat. I did that for a few weeks, and then my body started craving meat. So I'm like, all right, meat's back. (laughs) I missed meat. My body let me know that I needed meat. So I'll cook meal a meal and maybe I have a chicken breast there with the dinner and it's on my plate. I might only eat half of it and then I'll send the rest over to Chad and he'll finish it or he'll save it for lunch for the next day. But I didn't feel great with zero meat. <laughs> 
just like I, I don't feel great with nothing but meat or too much meat. But my body let me know. And you have to experiment to know. Yeah, you have to. And that's that's the beautiful part about intermittent fasting is that you have the room to do that. You have the room to to experiment, to find out, okay, this might work for a time, but maybe not all the time. And so more power to you. That's great. I think that's it's a lifelong plan for you. And maybe sometimes you can, the pendulum swings back to, to plant-based and then you eat for plant-based for a season. And then you come back to, okay, we're ready for, for not plant-based now. So that's fine. Well, on Valentine's day, I chose a vegetarian meal because we were eating later than normal. And I didn't want to have a big piece of meat in my stomach trying to go to bed. So I was like, I'm going to eat this spaghetti squash based dinner instead. And then I, I felt so great. And <laughs> it was, it was delicious. But what was cool about this recent experiment with being vegetarian was the only time I've ever experimented with what I was eating to that degree without weight loss being a goal. Right, right, yeah. Like in the past, it was all, if I had tried vegetarian, it was because I wanted to lose weight. Or if I tried keto or if I tried XYZ diet, it was because I wanted to see if that would make me lose weight. But I wasn't trying to lose weight. I was like, wonder how I would feel. Oh yeah, that, that's just healthy. I mean, that's a, that's a good thing. All the There's so many different things that are out there that are available for us to to eat and enjoy. I think that's just, just a, a healthy thing to, to do for yourself. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. So what are your students saying? What are your students thinking about it? I have had a couple of my students 
because we have this thing at our school called morning meeting where anybody can get up and announce anything. And so I think it's really cool. Sometimes it can kind of get out of hand, but sometimes it can be super cool to, to see students sort of come out of their shell and teachers announce things as well. One time, a couple of weeks ago, I got up to announce something. I'm, a, I'm the coach for our academic quiz team. I'm kind of a trivia nerd. So I got up to announce something and then one of my uh, seniors actually stopped me in the hall. His locker is right next to my classroom. And he said, hey, I just I just thought I'd, I'd, I should tell you, you look great. Look at, I mean, how many, how much weight have you lost? You looked really good. I was just like, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. It's one of those things that maybe some people are like, they don't want to say anything because maybe I'm like sick or something. But I have had a couple of students say they have noticed and that that feels, it feels good when kids notice, but I'm doing it so that I can be the best teacher that I can be. And that that's kind of like a really important side benefit of, of losing weight for me as well. So yeah, the kids have, have definitely commented on it. Well, it is a lot of fun. I'll never forget after, like I was heavy and got up you know, to 210 pounds and then lost the weight. And then I was in the office one day and one of my old students who was, I think, in middle school by that point, he was there. He had a younger brother that was at our school and he walked in the office and he stared at me (laughs) (laughs) because he had been gone. Like he missed the whole transformation because he had already, you know, been out of the school. And he's like, Dr. Stevens, is that you? That's funny. I'm like, yeah, it's me. Hey, he's yeah. like, you look different. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've gotten that. That reminds me, this is not about a student. This is about speaking of people who haven't seen you for a while. So I went to a, a Super Bowl party a couple of weeks ago. I hadn't seen these these friends of mine that I've known since college. And that was 30 years ago, basically. They hadn't seen me since the, since the transformation. My buddy James remarked that, that I should have RSVP'd for one half instead of one. I was just like, oh. Oh my goodness, that is the line of the evening. It's like, yeah, so half the man I used to be, I guess. So That's great. But you're right. It really is shocking to people when they haven't seen you and then they see you. And then there's the flip side. There's people who can't really tell. I had a teacher at my school after I had lost probably 75. I don't know. I think it was it was before I got the size I am now. But he was like, I don't mean to be offensive or anything, but did you lose some weight? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, just 75 pounds. <laughs> he wasn't sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, colleagues, yes, colleagues are really like walking around on eggshells. Some of them. I, I had one of the, my no nonsense athletic trainer. I passed him in the hall. He was like, hey, have you lost weight? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, on purpose? I was like, yes. Yes, I've lost weight on purpose. You feel worried about asking, especially if someone loses it quickly. I remember a media specialist at a school where I worked and she lost a lot of weight very quickly. And so I was like, you know, thinking she might have had weight loss surgery, but I didn't want to pry. So, you know, you just don't ask. So because some people don't want to tell their story, but I always loved it when someone asked me if I had it made me feel good. But some people don't like it. They don't like to be asked about weight loss. Yeah, that's another reason why I think that I've sort of transitioned mentally from that diet mentality to now a lifestyle mentality, because I used to I used to have some really weird responses to being asked about whether or not I'd lost weight. I used to be like, okay, well, we're done losing weight now. (laughs) And then I'd gain the weight back, which is kind of a weird response. If you're going in the right direction, you just kind of like stop and turn around. My response could be, oh, so 
you noticed that I lost weight. That must mean that before when you saw me, I was just like a big fat house and you didn't want to say anything. And so then that starts the shame spiral again. So that must have been. And so I had some really weird responses in the past, but now I embrace it. I think, yes, you notice and the momentum is going in the right direction. And wait until you see me in a couple of months when this body recomposition really is taking hold and things like that. And so, like I said before, I'm, I'm not super focused these days on losing weight. I just, I just am loving the body recomposition. So that's really cool. You know, people are often worried about, about that part of it and the saggy skin they worry about. And I found that when I was losing the weight, I would have like saggy areas, like my arms were saggier for a while and then they tightened up. My belly was saggier and then it tightened up. Are you finding that to be the same? Oh, yeah. I have some saggy areas. No matter how many weights I've lifted so far, I've got like, I can pull skin from under my arms, got skin on my legs. I've got belly skin sagging as well. But I know that those things are going to tighten up. I'm not done. This is a lifetime. And so how I look today has no bearing on my direction. So it's better than the alternative. I mean, that skin was filled with fat and filled with unhealthy stuff that was probably going to kill me before my time if I didn't do something about it. So I wear my saggy skin today as kind of like a badge of honor. I took control of the way that I was eating and my body responded in a big way that my skin wasn't quite ready for yet. And so now my, once my skin catches up, then that everything is going to be, everything's going to be moving in the, in the right direction. So, yeah. So everybody who's listening, be patient with your skin <laughs> because mine really did go through phases where it looked worse and then it looked better. And I've even heard people talk about, they'll have like a plateau on the scale, but that's when they see their skin changing a lot. Okay. All right. That's yeah. You know, and I, I really do think that our bodies can focus on tightening up that skin during the fast. So it may never be the skin that you would have had had you not been overweight. I wonder how I would look if I had never weighed 210 pounds, but you don't look at my arms and think that they used to, you know, I, they look perfectly normal. No, sure. And I definitely, I know I've got three plus decades of dealing with this. And so I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't expect my skin to just, just snap into place and look like a Mr. Olympia candidate or anything like that. But I, I'm not really concerned about that. I, what I'm concerned about is, am I able to go out and, and run a 5k? Am I able to you know play with my kids without feeling like I need to take a nap afterwards? Those are my benchmarks. And so if I can hit those benchmarks, then a little bit of saggy skin, a little bit of like the reverse stretch marks or things like that. I'm not vain in that regard. It serves as a reminder. You know, I have a little saggy belly even now. I've also had two babies. You know, if I pull my bathing suit up and tuck it in a little, you know, <laughs> it looks stand up really straight. But if I bend over and lean over, I've got that saggy belly, but I bet probably most 50 year old moms do as well. <laughs> but I look at that and it, it's a reminder of, of where I've come. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That'll be a good reminder for me as the skin starts to, to melt away. I can, it can kind of see in the mirror these days, I'm starting to grow a little bit of like abs, which has never been the case for me ever. I mean, maybe when I was like six and was whale thin, <laughs> but beyond that, it's just always been like obscured by some layer of just like blubber. And so to be able to have that happen, I'm just like, all right, just I, I'm going in the right direction. Just keep doing what I'm doing. So let's talk about how your health has changed. You talked about the wake up call with your cholesterol. What's changed with your health since, since August? Oh boy. All right. So, well, the cholesterol, that situation has, has resolved itself tremendously from my highest, which is about 352 total cholesterol and 282 LDL, which is like 
all right, so the life support is sort of like standing beside me at all times. Even just uh, maybe about six weeks after I, I started going plant-based, it had already dropped about 150 points to about 203. So I haven't had my blood work done since the new year, but I mean, I haven't done anything different. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was in the 190s or 180s since then as well. So my cholesterol levels have resolved themselves. I used to actually sleep with a CPAP machine. In 2014, I was diagnosed with sleep apnea. And so I got fitted with one of those. I stopped needing it for sleep apnea, but I'd snored horribly. My poor wife, she just barely got enough sleep. And so I would use that uh, to sleep. Ever since I, I went on plant-based, I haven't needed that. I haven't snored at all. That is definitely part of losing weight and also going plant-based. Speaking of uh, appliances that have kind of become crutches, ever since I was 10, I have used some form of rescue inhaler. And since August, I've been exercising a lot. I've been doing a lot of treadmill work mainly, but some weights too. But I found within the last three or four weeks that I haven't actually needed my rescue inhaler to do pretty intense runs, which has kind of been like, whoa, do I even need this anymore? And so I'm weaning myself off that after 35 years of, of needing it. That's pretty amazing. You know, we hear that a lot because your inflammation is so decreased. Not not to mention the weight loss. I mean, weight loss is a factor as well, but just as inflammation goes down, you don't have that that need for the inhaler. Yeah, that's an awesome one. Beyond that, again, I, I said with my migraines that I used to get, I haven't gotten a single one of those. My strength and stamina have improved tremendously. I couldn't run. If I had dogs chasing me in August, I wouldn't have been able to run a lap. But now I'm, I'm running 5Ks without stopping. Just the strength is there. So all these things are, are the intermittent fasting is really helping those things out. And another thing that I think I've, I've heard some people talking about too is I used to have these skin tags that were on my neck. I always grew up, I, was, I noticed that like my dad and, and his mom, he's had them. I just thought, okay, this is just part of just being me, just genetics. Since I started doing intermittent fasting, the skin tags that I had are all gone. It's just like, okay, that's, uh, that's weird, but that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, I actually have heard that those are associated with insulin resistance. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So I don't really know the mechanism of that, but I've heard it before, you know, insulin resistance, skin tags. So the fact that your skin tags are falling off means that you're you're reversing your insulin resistance. And that is huge. When I was researching for my new book, Fast Feast Repeat, I was reading about high insulin and all the things that are associated with high insulin levels. And really, it's so many of the problems that we're faced with, even like autoimmune diseases and inflammatory conditions. And so much of that has its root in high insulin. So whenever you see, you know, like your waist size is going down and your skin tags are falling off and all these different things, and you can be sure that that means your insulin resistance is, is getting better. And that just leads to help. It has to, right? And that's one of the things that I like to, to get my blood work done every three months or so because, you know, I like to compare. And when I compared my most recent blood work, which I did right before the new year with my previous blood work, you could see those markers, all the markers from the insulin resistance, which was in October. All my markers were 
in the, the good range, except for my cholesterol, the good range, but they were all towards insulin resistant. And then when I took my most recent ones, they were all towards insulin sensitive. And I was like, all right, that's good. That's there it is. And I love that you're doing it with plant-based because so many people think you can only do it with keto. You can only do it with low carb, but, <laughs> and I like, I'm not knocking keto or low carb or saying that they aren't fabulous for people, but I love that you're reversing this with plant-based and that you feel so good. Oh, I feel wonderful. And in the keto world, which I like to keep informed on both sides of the issue. In my social media, I have a lot of keto people and I have a lot of whole food plant-based and vegan people as well. The one thing that happens is, is people tend to conflate the carbs that I eat, which is a lot of plants and like the highly processed, refined carbs. And so carbs become a bad word. To me, I'm like, when I think carbs, I think all the plants that I'm eating and, and are nourishing me and are feeding me and not the, the pseudo foods that are with those combinations of salt, sugar, and fat that are meant to not keep you nourished, but keep you coming back for more, right? And so that's the thing that I've been able to avoid and really has really benefited me. And so I want to be that bridge between the keto people who put the worst face on plant-based and then the plant-based people who put the worst face on keto. I want to show both of them that it doesn't have to be an either or proposition. It could be it could be that something that works for you doesn't necessarily work for everybody else. And that's that's perfectly fine. And the key is that all those foods that we think of, those fake foods, those processed foods are not ideal. If you think carbs are just the same as potato chips or, you know, <laughs> or some people they're like, I can't eat carbs. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, you know, pizza. I'm like, well, let's let's examine pizza. It's on a crust, but it's full of cheese and pepperoni and meat and also vegetables and, and but you know <laughs> you know, if you're going to the cheapest pizza place in town and getting two for five dollars or something, that's gonna be really different than <laughs> it's that's gonna be a little bit different experience, right? <laughs> We're really, I think all of us agree that ultra processed foods are not best for anybody. Yes. Whether it's an ultra processed carb or even let's say someone wanted to be carnivore, but they only ate packaged bologna or hot dogs, you know. That probably is not the best approach long term. I wouldn't be surprised if you lost weight and felt something in the short term, but you may want to mix in some natural, some whole foods in there eventually. Right. There's a lot of difference between a piece of bologna and a grass-fed bison, for There's example. a wide <laughs> spectrum, a wide spectrum there for sure. Exactly. So quality matters when we're talking about our food, eating real food. And, you know, I feel so much better when I eat real food. Oh, me too. Me too. It's just, I feel like you're eating life. You're eating living things. You're not eating something that was meant to mimic life. <laughs> right? There, there's a huge difference there. Exactly. I think about all the diets that I used to do in the past, and I would just really gravitate to the processed version of whatever it was. Like when I did low fat back in the 90s. Oh boy, yes, 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 yes. That, those were the days. Yeah, and it was the snack wells. Snack wells. <laughs> yes. Oh boy, snack wells and slim fast. Those were those were staples. All that processed stuff, all the the stuff that was meant to only 100 calories, low fat, low low this, low that. But then you got to add some other stuff in. I ate a lot of spaghettios, fat-free spaghettios. With a, a side of like applesauce. I actually, one summer, the summer after my freshman year in college, I lost weight eating ramen noodles and ham and cheese sandwiches. 
because that was all I had to eat. I was just like, all right. So I, I ate a whole bunch of ramen noodles with like tuna ramen. And it was one of those things extreme. Maybe that was like extreme calorie restriction or something like that. But that was a deal. And so I've, I've been all over the map for sure. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The Smart Beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, I was just laughing this morning about, you've read Delight on Deny, you know, I talk about the shot of rice diet that my college roommate made up. <laughs> My my college roommate is in the advanced group now, and she does. She follows a 24 approach. She has a 20-hour fast pretty much every day. And she's in LA right now. And she said she was at breakfast this morning talking to somebody. They were talking about fasting, and she overheard them. And she mentioned they were trying to defend it. And she's like, well, I do it, and I've never felt better. And the person said, oh, have you read Delay Dump tonight? <laughs> And she's like, yes, not only have I read it, but my college roommate wrote it. Uh, Right. Yes. (laughs) And she did not tell them she was the famous shot of rice diet person that created the shot of rice diet. That's awesome. (laughs) But I shared that. Yeah. That's fantastic. So she's the one. She's the, the shot of rice diet girl. But yeah, I remember doing that with her and. We just ate a shot of rice and had some beer and we lost the weight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> it's amazing how, how resilient your body is when you're 19, 20 years old. You can feed it just about anything and have it respond. We had a shot glass. That's how we were measuring the rice in case anyone wonders. We weren't really doing shots of rice, but we would take out our shot glass, measure the rice in the shot glass, and then we would, I think, microwave it till it was, I mean, I can't even believe it. And then we would drink beer. So how much rice does that end up being? Is that, I mean... It, 
was that like a, a half a cup of rice, a third of a cup of rice or something like that? We probably also had run out of money on our meal plan. That was probably also part of the story because we had like, we weren't in the all you can eat days where you just had a meal card and you could eat whatever. We had like a set amount. And once you ran through that meal money, you had no more. When we got to the end of the semester. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I was also going to say, it depends on where you went to school, how big the shot glass was, right? You could have like some of those places, you have the big industrial size shot glass and some other places, maybe not so much. You have to kind of hide them a little bit more. Well, we were at Wake Forest. Oh, there you go. Okay. Okay. So you were you're a demon deacon back at the, at the time. I don't know. Maybe that was frowned upon possibly. I started out at UVA, so. Okay. Oh, her husband went to UVA. Oh, no kidding. All right. Fantastic. Small world. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, it's great. Well, anyway, we don't recommend the ramen diet or the shot of rice diet. <laughs> Nothing. Very few things that I ate in college would I recommend to anyone beyond the age of about 19. So <laughs> late night pizza. We had the we had a sandwich at a, a sandwich shop that served a, a giant, probably about a two and a half foot long sandwich called the Hindenburg, and they sell them for like five bucks on one night. And I remember in my I remember one night I ate probably like two of them, and that was uh, that was like a low point for me at that point. It's just like two big four feet of sandwiches to myself. It's like okay, that's a sign. I have a day that I ate a, a foot long from Subway. I was probably in my early twenties and. I was probably 21 because I think I wasn't married yet. And I can remember I went and got, I was living by myself. I went and got a foot long Subway. I was going to eat half of it one day and then half, but I ate the whole thing. And I remember feeling so disgusted with myself. All right. It's like, I ate all that. (laughs) The spiral that happens. It's just, I'm just so, I'm so excited about the future. Just knowing that that's the sort of thing that with intermittent fasting, it's like, if that happens today, I can just say, well, that was, that was today. That was my meal. And then tomorrow is another day with a chance for another meal. And so let's just let's just sweep this one on down the memory hole and let's let's go after it again tomorrow. That's a big, big change. But you also you lose that feeling of having to like like that compulsion to have to do it. I don't know. Like back in the diet days, I was more likely to to binge on something that was forbidden, right? Forbidden. Yes, exactly. No, nothing's forbidden. I just choose to eat this way and, and nothing is forbidden. So yeah, absolutely. So is your wife doing any kind of intermittent fasting? Has she joined you? Or is she plant-based? She is. As a matter of fact, she has very recently kind of joined on the, the intermittent fasting train. She started at the first of the year after seeing me kind of going through and having successes to do the things that I've been doing. And so she has definitely joined the train. And we actually, that was part of our our weekend. We had our one meal, our one dinner on Saturday night. We had the four course meal and really just did that together. And so, yeah, we're making it a a team effort. You know, our kids are are definitely eating a lot healthier. Their their snacks are are healthier. They're eating a lot more fruit. My son, who would not get near a vegetable, now eating uh, broccoli and spinach. We told him spinach makes him strong like Popeye. So he's like, loves the spinach. He loves to like eat it with no shirt on and like flex his little... (laughs) (laughs) So like tiny muscles and stuff. And so, so yeah, slowly but surely we're becoming an an IF house, a plant-based house and and everything is going really well in that regard. That's the best part because you're teaching your kids now, you're setting them up for success and they're always going to have this tool in their toolbox to use. Like 
both of my sons are intermittent fasters now. They're 20 and 21. And my son, the older one, went off to college and put on the freshman 15, but then he started doing intermittent fasting, took it right back off. And actually, I don't think he put on 15, but his shirt was a little tight. (laughs) (laughs) I remember those days, yes. Yeah, and he started doing intermittent fasting and he wears like a small, he's a lean guy. But the other one, he's just moved out on his own and he's intermittent fasting now. Of course, he also doesn't have any money, so... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Remember that too. You can know that you're setting your kids up with good health, with what they're eating, choosing high quality foods. And then as they get older, they're not going to have these same struggles. Right. Exactly. No, that's the thing that is always at the front of my mind is to, to make sure that they have a default that is health. <laughs> and so whether or not they choose to stray from that, they're always going to come back to the fact that, oh, hey, I know that tomatoes taste good. And I know that I can eat the the healthy things that will make me feel good. Even if they, they choose to uh, indulge in certain things, they still eat the subway and they still eat pizza and they still eat things like that. But if they want something after that, then they, they have uh, strawberries and apples and things like that that will, that will nourish them. Fabulous. We're almost at the end. So what would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Oh boy, I wish I could just have glimpsed six months down the line just to see myself for a a split second because those early seasons of doubt that I, I see who are just kind of dipping their toes in for the first time, they wonder, does this really work? Is this something? What's what's the catch? And I just want to tell them it works. You have to be willing to make those consistently good decisions. You have to stick to the clean fast. I mean, let me be the, the 205th person to jump on that train. The clean fast is so important. Your body is doing such amazing things that you'll never know, but that will manifest themselves on the outside if you just let it. So fast, clean, really find something that works for you. Don't think that the magic elixir is in plant-based or keto or carnivore or anything. Just find something that works for you and find something that that you can't necessarily treat like a diet, but treat like the rest of your life. And part of that is just finding a support group. And certainly, Jen, one of your groups or all of your groups is I'm a part of uh, can definitely be a help to that. But it's really also pretty neat to find somebody who's actually live, who can sit in front of you, maybe somebody who you've known for a long time, who can tell you hard truths, who can ask you hard questions and keep you accountable until you just don't need that anymore. I mean, honestly, today could be that day for you. Today could be the day that you turn around things for good. You don't have to worry about, okay, I heard that information. I'm going to start that on the first of the month. I heard that information. I'm going to start that on Monday. No, the last bite of food you took could be the start of your first fast. You're fasting. You're fasting. Good job. Yeah, right. So so I would say just, just dive in both feet and don't be afraid to mess up because you're going to. You're going to feel like, you know, you need to go through the buffet line three or four times at first, those first couple of weeks. Just allow your body to go through that and allow appetite correction to kick in because it will if you're doing it the right way and trust it and listen to your body from that point forward. Well, I love that. Tell people where they can find your blog. My blog's titled The Half Demand Project. It's after the phrase, you're half the man that you used to be. I'm working on writing all of this into a book as we speak, but my address is www.halfdemandproject.com. That's not not the man, but duh as in D-A. So halfdemandproject.com. I put out new content every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So 
just feel free to, to jump on and reach me there. Like I said, I'm, I'm working on the book. I've, I've got my scaffolding. And so one day I'll be up there with the likes of the, the super shrieking Smiths and Jen and, and Donna and all those people who have put out books with things that have worked for them as well. I love it. I think there's room for so many books out there about this because people really want to hear from other people. That's part of the magic of Delay Don't Deny is that I'm a regular person who had success and so is John and so are the Smiths and so is Donna. And that is people are hungry for real people who have walked it. Indeed. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Well, John, thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure to talk to you today. Well, thank you for having me, Jen. And I look forward to interacting with you online and in person sometime really soon. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.